0: Today is the 24th of March, 2022, uh, Thursday. We come together to sit in meditation, to cultivate mindfulness, to make mindfulness firmly established in our hearts. Because it's the nature of the mind that lacks Mindfulness that lacks recollection and knowing to chase after all the various moods and sense impressions. And when mindfulness arises, then it's possible for wisdom to arise as well. And when wisdom arises, we have the Buddha in our hearts. And we see that all things are Buddha, and Buddha is in all things. All things are empty, and in emptiness is Buddha. So if we have mindfulness firmly established in our hearts, the knowledge of another type is able to arise. This is wisdom, wisdom that comes from peacefulness, that which we call bhavana maya panya, the wisdom that arises from our practice. And there's another type of wisdom that comes from thinking, from memories, from that which we've read or listened to. Then we're able to know about materiality and mentality being impermanent, suffering and not self. These bodies being impermanent, suffering and not self. But then when sense impressions arise from the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, and the mind, then this knowledge of impermanence, suffering, and not-self is just a memory. The strength and energy of the mind is insufficient, and therefore ignorance covers over the mind. The mind chases after sense impressions, chasing after with liking or disliking. This is the mind that lacks peacefulness so, when these sense impressions come, then there's kamachanda, desire, there's doubt, there's irritation, anger, and greed, these various manifestations of kilesa that cover over the heart, make the heart not peaceful. So, therefore, we cultivate mindfulness to make mindfulness firmly established in the heart so that wisdom can arise. And when our minds are peaceful and collected, it's a good time to study the Dhamma, that which we've heard, we can think or contemplate about that, to understand it to a deeper level. So we train our minds in this contemplation. When we contemplate, we contemplate to see materiality and mentality, to see this body composed of the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. We see that it's gathered together like this. We call it a sankara, conditioned formation. This materiality, this rupa, is something that comes together, which proliferates based on causes, and therefore it must degrade. When it's gathered together, we call it the rupa, sankara, this material conditioned thing. And the mind gets lost in it, that it's self, that it's me, that it's mine. And the mind with ignorance thinks, "Well, I am this, I am that, and so on. But when we know according to truth, we see that the mind isn't, or oneself isn't anything one sees that I'm not anything. This is the mind that has wisdom, that sees all things as empty, and sees emptiness as Buddha. So when we have mindfulness, we see emptiness. This is the Buddha arising in the heart. This is the mindfulness arising, and we have right view, like we have right mindfulness well established in the heart and in this way wisdom can arise to know and see emptiness when we've seen emptiness already we know that we're not anything we're not a me not a mine not a self not a being And without this clear seeing we think that we're a person we're a being we're an individual we're a self there's a me, there's a you, a them, and a theirs, a this and that. But in, the, in truth, there's no being anything. Whatever it is that we get, all things that we acquire, they're all outer things. But when we understand the Dhamma more deeply, the mind realizes emptiness. This is able to destroy the fetters that tie the mind down destroy the three fetters, the five fetters, or the 10 fetters, this is possible. This is the mind that sees emptiness, that is Buddha. In this way, there's not anything to be anymore. There's nothing left to be. There's a story from Lumpu Cha. One of his disciples was asking, are you in our hunt, a fully awakened being? Because the disciples of Ajahn Chah wanted him to be an enlightened being. Because the disciples, one could say, were Utojanas or Kalyana Chanas, people with thick defilements or beautiful people. But whatever the case, whether with thick defilements or not, these beings are not yet awakened, and so they have a sense of self, and they want, they have the desire to be a noble being, to be an Arya, Pugala. And so they wanted Lumpur Chah to to be a fully awakened being, to be an arahant, but Lumpucha answered, I'm not anything, to be anything is suffering. There's nothing to be anymore. So we see that when mind was empty and pure, this is wisdom. Because we see that the Buddha taught to cut off all attachment, to cut off all clinging, because clinging to anything, one suffers right there. So one contemplates this body of earth, air, fire, and water, contemplate it as empty, that it's just a pile of suffering, that it's a pile of impermanence, a pile of stress, a pile of not-self. There's no self to be found. Whichever aspect of anicca, dukkha, or anatta that we focus on, we see clearly at that point. We see that it's all not-self. This is seeing the Dhamma, knowing and attaining to the Dhamma. So this is the goal of our dhamma practice. We develop our minds to be devas, heavenly beings, brahmas, to be holy, noble minds. And then at the end, cutting off all kilesa, then realizing nibbana. Then lower than this, we have the animal realms, the hungry ghost realms, the jealous god realms, the hell realms, and so on. So firstly we close these lower realms. The stream enter, the Surapana, doesn't fall into these lower realms, and they have no eighth lifetime. Mumpucha would teach that there's no eighth life for a stream enter. They have at most seven lifetimes until they enter final nibbana. And the stream enter is one who's destroyed these three fetters of identity view, clinging to rites and rituals and skeptical doubt. These fetters are that which tie our minds, tie our minds with the view of self. But when wisdom arises, one's able to destroy these three fetters. But for wisdom to arise like this, one needs to have firmly established samadhi collectedness of mind. And to reach this point, one needs to have virtue, to have generosity, to practice generosity to its fullest, to do that which is good, to abandon that which is harmful, to do merit to the fullest, to make the mind full and happy with merit. So we do all various types of merit, like offering food, offering water tanks, a place to get water from, to get drinking water, and a way to move that water and use that water. Because sometimes water is hard to find. We make merit, we offer the four requisites. In this way, the heart can be full and happy all the time. One helps society, helps the monastic Sangha, helps the Buddhist dispensation, helps the poor, and all these things are all types of merit and goodness. One listens to Dhamma, talks on Dhamma, cuts off selfishness, and one cultivates mindfulness to bring the mind to joy and happiness. And one can recollect the good deeds that one has done one thinks about what good deeds have I done today? What merit have I done today? Think of that, and one makes the mind joyful. This is chaganu the recollection of that which one is given. One makes this the object of the mind. Then we chant to recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, this is the highest merit And so we practice to have our minds well established in generosity and virtue, then to make our minds firm in meditation practice. Then we gain the conviction that this is the way to the end of suffering. Just this path, just this one path is the only way to the end of suffering. And when mindfulness arises, then we're close to entering Nibbana at that point to speak in the way of Dhamma, we say that with mindfulness, the Buddha is in our heart. When mindfulness comes to our heart, the Buddha arises right there. So we train our minds to have wisdom. In the beginning, we don't have clear knowing, but we keep practicing to give rise to knowing. And we can give rise to rapture and joy for three days and three nights continuously, this is possible. For seven days and seven nights, or a whole month, one can have samadhi arise like this, which is truly a miraculous occurrence. When the strength of mind and energy is good, one can even have samadhi for six months continuously. This is the mind gathering together to destroy the kilesas, the defilements. So it is possible for a samadhi to arise like this. And in the beginning sometimes there's samadhi, sometimes there's not. So we have patient endurance, we have effort and perseverance. We keep putting forth effort into our practice, we don't give up. And we keep practicing, and we're able to destroy ignorance a little bit at a time to see the Dhamma. And then we reach the point where we're able to cut off the three fetters of identity, view, skeptical doubt, attachment to rites and rituals, to cut them off completely and totally. And this is something that one knows for oneself. This is the benefit of practicing generosity and virtue, to bring the mind to happiness and peace. Then we meditate to give rise to samadhi again, to cultivate mindfulness, to make samadhi firmly established. Then we study the truth of the way things are. Because the nature of reality is revealed already. The Buddha taught that whether a Buddha arises in the world or doesn't arise, the, the nature of the way things are, the nature of everything that arises from a cause, it's there already, this nature of impermanence, suffering and not self. It's something that we can see for ourselves every single day, leaves fall from the trees, people pass away. Trees grow from a seed, become big, stay for a while, then they fall down and degrade according to conditions. And this is the way of nature. People hurt each other, kill each other. We see it all as unstable, see it all as impermanent. And if we have wisdom, then we If we have the wisdom to see this clearly, then we see the Dhamma, we know the Dhamma. And this arises from our practice. We can see bit by bit, little by little. We keep having patient endurance, keep having effort and perseverance. And in the end, the mind gathers together. The Noble Eightfold Path factors gather together gather together in the mind to destroy the fetters, to cut off the fetters. Then the knowing arises in the heart, this clear knowing, and the mind crosses over, crosses over from being a beautiful person to a noble person, and then it's not difficult. In the beginning, it's difficult. In the beginning, we have to have effort and perseverance, but at this point, If we reach this point, or when we reach this point, it's not difficult. We can say it's heaviness within lightness. But in the beginning, it's heaviness within heaviness. Then it gets lighter. And it's heavy because the kilesas are not yet over. So may all the monastics and all the lady, may you all set your hearts on this practice.